Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, welcome to Homo Sapiens. My name is William Young and... Oh, there's a silence. Chris Sweeney is not here. He's in Barcelona with his mother. Sweeney? I'm not wearing anything. (laughs) Hoochie mama. Explain to us where you are. I'm in Barcelona. I'm in an Airbnb. Spin it around, sister. Show us the room. Okay, so... Where's Anne? Oh, it's in a park. Kitchen. Nice and light. Sofa. There's Anne. Ma Sweeney. Um, Just going to show you fridge. Um, (laughs) Wine. Milk. A lemon. Um, Lemon. It's weird doing it. It's weird not having my podcast partner and pal here. I feel a little bit like I'm in a space station and you're on Earth. Yeah. Well, we can do the welcome now. Now we've got you. Welcome to Homo Sapiens. Uh, hola y bienvenido a Homo Sapiens. Oh, you speak Spanish. I think I do. Who have we got this week in the Homo Sapiens chair? <laughs> in the dentist chair. We have got none other than Muslim drag queen Asifa Lahore. We're having a bit of a trailblazing time over here at Homo Sapiens HQ, aren't we? Mm. She's Britain's um, first out Muslim drag queen. I thought, okay, I've watched so many drag queens come on and do like sister act parodies. And I wonder what would happen if I go in on stage in a black burqa, rip it off, and there's next to nothing underneath. You've probably seen her on uh, Channel 4 show. It was about Muslim drag queens. I got quite a few death threats. Channel 4 had to, like, bump up security in their office. You know, we'll we'll shut you down, we'll burn you down, there'll be riots. This is at a time in her life when she was identifying as a gay man. She was, in fact, married to a guy. And by doing this drag act that is Asifa Lahore, she actually found her route that she wasn't a gay man. She realised that she was a woman and has now transitioned, or is still in the process, right? Transitioning, yeah. 11 months into my transition, I feel I'm at a point where I can walk into the mosque as a woman, but will the community, will the mosque accept me? So our conversation with Asifa Lahore is coming up. I must say you're looking very handsome. Stop it. So are you. You look rested. I've still got makeup on from doing Sunday brunch. Oh, how was that? Where do I begin? (laughs) Go on. There were two lovely actors, Daisy Waterstone and Callum Woodhouse, who are in the Durrells, the Gerald Durrell sort of thing. Love that show. Which I didn't know was on. And they 
they were so funny. They were so funny. Tracy Ann Oberman, who is an actor, and she was very funny as well. Me. And then George Ezra. So <gasps> let me take you through it. Go on. I did not recognize George Ezra. Oh. He looks very different in the flesh. And so I said, Really? Hello, I'm Will. He said, I'm George. I said, What do you do? And he said, I do music. And I was like, Oh, how great. And then slowly it dawned on me, and I was like, I think that might be George Ezra. Um, then I said, What's your name? And, and he was like, It's George Ezra. And I went, oh, I know who you are. <laughs> anyway, that was a bit eggy, but he is really lovely. He's the nicest guy in the world. I'm a bit in love with him. He's got a lovely voice, has his own podcast. Well, that's when things got a little bit rocky because I said, George, between you, me and the gatepost and a Brit award, I said, I said, George, you're a lovely chap. I said, but I think it's time for you to stop what you're doing now. Back up, sister. He was very nice. And basically that show is the longest show in history. Is it? Shit the bed. You get there at... 8.30, you go on at 9.30. I joked at quarter past 11 and said to the the producer, I think, I was like, how much longer have we got to go? We can't be that long. And she went, 12.30. I went, <laughs> and I was like, seriously? 12.30? So that's what I've done. And then I've just been weeding and putting down the beginnings of horse manure on my flower bed and cleaning up lots of dog poo. I'm starting to get my head a little bit into the garden, actually. I've had a look. My hellebores are out. You can get cream for that. You can get... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, someone's been straining on the loo. Yeah, I'm starting to get into the garden, but I have had a whistle-stop week, let me tell you. Oh, oh, yeah, go on. So you went to... I went to Ireland, Northern Ireland. I've been to Barcelona. I went to a memorial service. No, who was that? A friend of the family who I loved dearly, he was my friend's dad, who was a big part of my life growing up. He very sadly died. And we had a sort of memorial service for him, which was actually in a pub. It was like a sort of, there were like loads of photos of his life, loads of speeches. It was great. Did you cry there? Or did you cry afterwards? (laughs) I don't know why that's funny. Um, Some sort of connotation about crying after sex. (laughs) That's where my head went. I don't know where yours went. Um, I have never cried after sex. Is that? I think that means you're psychotic if you do. That's what my brother says. I always heard it meant you're mad if you didn't enjoy having a poo. (laughs) (laughs) Was that a thing that went round your school when you were younger? Did mine? I love having a poo. It's the best, isn't it? Yes. The spring in your step afterwards. Morning. Yeah, it's great. Um, Did you cry there? I didn't. I wanted to cry, but I didn't. Not very good at crying. I find it very hard to cry at a funeral because if I go, it then goes. And I know that's not bad, but I just don't want to be, like, oh, oh, you know, I'd rather mm. have a good old grieving cry on my own. On all fours, one of those. On all fours. Yeah. Oh, shit, man, I've had some good cries over the years. Once I popped a blood vessel. That really? That's the best one, yeah. No! <gasps> Are we still talking about having a poo? <laughs> Are you doing a show at the moment or anything? Uh, well, I am doing a show. I don't mm-hmm. want to go on about it. Uh, I'm doing <laughs> Strictly Borum, the musical, in the Piccadilly Theatre. It starts when this goes out, which will be Thursday. So for listeners, mm. it will be starting tonight. But it starts really? in four, day, four days' time. It's been an interesting week. I've got a whole load of new dialogue to learn for the opening. 
and there's still a few songs to learn. Uh, but this is always the way with, with new shows. And am I stressed, listeners? I've sort of gone beyond stress now to either like complete freeze or just like, let's just get on with it. You just go, let's do this. Oh, let's just do this. There also comes a time in preparation for something where you go, this just needs to happen now. It just, you just needs, need to do it. It just needs to happen. I'm just not very good at learning words. You've mastered English language. <laughs> Can you give me an, uh, a little insight to one of your lines? Um, wreck off, charm. I've moved it from Australian to English back to Australian again. So who knows? It might be German by Thursday. Really? No one seems Why to be d- saying anything. So I think I'll just keep on going. If in doubt, go with French. We should probably do like competitions for people to come and see Strictly, shouldn't we? Yes. If you can draw a picture of a kestrel, <laughs> you get 43 free tickets to Strictly Front Row. You get the whole front row. Has it been nice to be with your mum? It's been so nice. We've had such a laugh. We've hung out. We've explored. Tried to go to the flea market today. It was shut. Ugh, heartbreaking. But there's a big one tomorrow. So we're going to go absolutely wild in the aisles. Don't forget your friend. <laughs> Don't forget your little friend. Who always um, your I'd like something for my dressing room, please. Oh, for Strictly? Yeah. And it can be... <laughs> Great. Do we need soft furnishings? I've already ordered a sort of day beddy, Indian-y kind of thing. <laughs> thing is, I don't have a loo, so I have to keep on weeing in the sink. And that's annoying. Especially when you need a poo, I bet. <laughs> I do that out the window. Straight down on, what is it, Tottenham Court Road? <laughs> oh, it's in such a lovely place. Please come and see me, one, because I'm having a slow breakdown, and two, because it's really <laughs> lovely round there. Uh, of course I'm going to come. I'm going to come... Can you come and see it sooner rather than later to tell me what you think? Okay, and be well, honest. This is the be honest of the same as what you really think of my the person that I'm dating. I'm like giving you cup launch. Don't say you need to give up because I've got four months of doing it. But you can come in and say, <laughs> you need to try more of that. You need to do more of that. Why are you doing a Greek accent? Okay, I'm going to come and I'm going to be honest. And do you know what? I'm going to give you one little extra on top. Present. Live feedback. Oh my God, give me live feedback. because No, s- over, left a bit, <laughs> left a bit. And also because remember that I will be with a whole row of competition winners who've drawn a picture of a kestrel for us. Twitter questions. We were thinking about some of the life-changing decisions Asifa, our guest this week, has made. And we thought we would ask our listeners, what's the best decision you've ever made? David Law at... Div- I, feel like, I feel I know that name. Cutting toxic people out of my life. That's a very good one. Yes, there's that saying where they say, think about how you feel after you've been with someone. If you feel good after seeing them, they're good for you. And if you don't... Shut up, I'm thinking. They're not good for you. (laughs) Paul Parker has been in touch, who also tweeted me the other day, saying, when my partner and I decided to adopt our son, because Paul got in touch to say that it doesn't need to cost loads of money to do surrogacy. Chris, you could simply adopt. So thank you, Paul, for that. I also had another message from Louise, who is a friend, saying that she's met some people, surrogacy news. Some friends of hers have had a kid through surrogacy in Canada, and it was a lot cheaper. So I'm going to talk to her. We're going to have a coffee about it. Oh, my God, this is brilliant. Uh, Sheila has got the right idea to retire and become a lady who lunches. What is yours? What is my best decision? Leaving Strictly. Can I tell you why? Yeah. I can tell you why. Because it was extremely empowering to know... That I never have to stay in any position, but I don't want to. It's quite liberating. 
to go, I don't need to stay here. I left a ballroom dancing show and it was actually surprisingly liberating. Because then, after that, I realised, hmm, actually I don't have to stay and do other things I don't like. So then I left the job. (laughs) It's like, brilliant. Oh, left pop. Yeah, it's just like, I'm just going to do things I like. Really very empowering. That and probably buying my first pair of secateurs. Was a landmark moment for you. I can do topiary like Vidal Sassoon. Really? I didn't realise you toped. I'm going to call my company Utopia. Can that be the name of our garden centre? Should we have a garden centre? Yeah. I don't know much about plants. That's what it says above the door. (laughs) (laughs) What's been the best decision you've ever made? Robert at morgue 505 i always find it very difficult reading out these things to realize i'm gay came out in my late 30s build a new life and follow my dreams can't say better than that can you thomas Durney davidson has says going to therapy it's long slow expensive process but totally worth it thomas good on you and quite right mr chris that's not you is it mr p500 that's a printer yeah um (laughs) to to get a cleanser i know to get a cleaner Sherry is absolutely marvellous. Well, that's name check and everything. What's been the best decision that you've made, Chris, apart from doing a podcast avec your friend? One of the best decisions I made was to marry my husband. Or more to the point was to to pluck up the courage to go and talk to him because I fancied him. And I wouldn't have previously. And then I decided I'm going to do this. So I went over and said hi. But I tried to kiss him. Do you remember? And we called him... Who's the one who denies Jesus three times in the Bible? Because he turned me down three times. <laughs> <laughs> Paul. Doubt, oh no, doubting. Doubting Paul or Thomas doubting and Thomas denying or something. Paul or something, isn't it? I've had quite a religious week, actually. My Uber driver in Spain, here where I am, was called Jesus. And so my text message on the screen said, <laughs> Jesus is on his way. <laughs> Coming up now is our conversation with Asifa Lahore. Now, not only is she the first Muslim drag queen in Britain, she's someone who is transitioning, and she is very open about who she is and what she wants in her life. But did you notice, Chris, that she enjoyed the samples of Aesop that I was giving her, particularly the hand cream? I recall that. It was a Um, cunning little trick. So as you listen to this, think of beautifully rosemary-scented hand cream. Mm. Chris I'm ate sure it, which I thought was a bad thing, but I didn't tell him. Chris did what? Sorry, it cut out. Nothing. Here's our interview with Asifa Lahore. I haven't been to the mosque since I started my transition. Mm. So it's interesting because mosques are segregated. Mm. So you have the, the, the female parlour and the male parlour. It's interesting it now because now I'm talking about it. 11 months into my transition, I feel I'm at a point where I can walk into the mosque as, as a woman, but will the community, will the mosque accept me? They won't bat an eyelid, maybe. Yeah. They may not even notice, they may not, you know, if I, if, if I walk in uh, with my hair covered, they may not even notice, they might just think I'm a woman. What I hear often is people say, I'm a transgender woman, mm-hmm. and I always knew that. How often or did you ever question yourself? It's really interesting because, yeah, I started my transition at the age of 33. That's fairly uncommon. Is that considered late? That is considered late, yeah. I mean, especially now. I mean, Mm. when you look at 
trans children coming out like or identifying as trans really young and you know needing sort of blockers during their teenage years or when you look at sort of gay children coming out as young as 10 11 33 is considered like ancient god help mm. us <laughs> um. <laughs> can i tell you a quick question Go. a quick thing i went to i told you when i went to this club it's the eagle Oh yes. oh yes, and I was 31 okay. and someone came up to me, he went, oh how old are you? And I said, I'm 31 and he went, oh that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> like it was such a bad and thing. You know I was like, oh wow. dear. Oh goodness me. And it begins. Yeah, so oh, are we going to have sex me. or not? <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean yeah, for? Yeah, something okay in the good way? Um, did he even, did you know who you were? Because it sounds like he didn't. I don't know if it mattered for his ageist, mm, his ageist mm, um, mm. outlook on gay men. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe it was just me. You were saying that you're, it's late to, to be, so yes. was there a lot of questioning from age 11 when you were saying you were in Pakistan to then coming back? I mean, God, I mean, my journey is, I think, so specific because I've grown up at a time when I felt very politicalized or politicized is the right term just for having so many different identities you know first identifying being you know essentially born into a South Asian British background being brought up as a Muslim identifying as gay in the UK and I'm also severely sighted as well. So I've got, I've got a lot of different sort of identities that many people say shouldn't fit together. Mm. But actually, if we take intersectionality on board, actually, here I am. Wow. Um, so when I started um, questioning myself, it was more about sexuality than gender. I always, how can I say, I always looked feminine to everybody. Mm. You know, the eyes, the bone structure. I, d I didn't have a lot of facial hair at all. I didn't have, my frame is very slender. And going to the gay clubs in, in my early 20s, again, I was treated very much as the effeminate one. Mm. In my relationships with, with gay men, I was treated as, as the woman. I was desired because of my femininity. So I never really questioned it until I was 27 and as a joke I decided to do drag. Uh, I entered like a like drag idol which is like um, a national drag competition in the UK. It's hilarious um, and interestingly enough in in the history of that competition I was the first Asian person and first Muslim person to enter the competition and it was actually that that competition that labeled me Britain's first out Muslim drag queen. <clears throat> when you terrified when you first stood up? Honey, I don't know about you, but if I'm going to enter a competition, I want to win. I'm like, you know what I mean? So, you know, at the time, like being Muslim was so like there, everyone was talking about the burqa. And I thought, okay, I've watched so many drag queens come on and do like sister act parodies and, and whatnot. I wonder what would happen if I go in on stage in a black burqa, rip it off, and there's next to nothing underneath. That's amazing. And I divided opinions straight down the line. For example, a lot of people questioned within, and this is the LGBT community we're talking about. Why is a drag queen wearing a burqa? It's offensive. 
which is very interesting because I, I, my argument was offensive to who exactly? I, I'm Muslim, I'm, I'm a drag queen, I'm an artist and you know, I could say exactly the same thing about a nun's outfit or a drag queen, um, I don't know, taking the piss or doing a parody on, on the Pope or something. Do you think people have become oversensitized to especially the Muslim faith? Do you think people were over, because they were like, oh no, it's fine to Catholics, it's fine to Christians, it's fine mm. to Jewish people, but mm. no, no, you can't do, do you think that was a sort of... Yes, I think there yeah. was a lot of that at the time. I mean, this is, this is 2012 we're talking about, so, you know, a good six years ago. And obviously I think, um, you know, the way the world is, the way Muslims are portrayed, especially definitely at the time, I wouldn't say so much now. Mm. I think that stigma is definitely mm. broken down. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Do people think, how can someone be Muslim and a drag queen and gay Yes. at that time, yes. identifying as a gay yes. man. And, Definitely. And did you have a lot of debate about that? A lot of... God, I mean, I think my drag act was a culmination of my frustration of being a 20-something gay Muslim, LGBT Muslim, because all through my clubbing experiences or, you know, accessing services for the LGBT community, I always felt I had to defend myself for identifying as Muslim, definitely. I mean, God, I would be at, do you remember the Astoria? Yeah. 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 So I used to be at the Astoria dancing my ass there. off. <laughs> Name scratched into a few cubicles. Oh, when do you know I was at the Astoria? Yeah. Camp attack days on, 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 the, on the balcony. Literally, I would just be dancing my head off. And at the same time, while I was dancing, I'd be debating with, you know, the queen next to me about why I was going to the mosque the next morning or something. And, you know, I just, <laughs> I definitely think there's much more, you know, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, us Muslims, we're used to kneeling. Um, <laughs> you find yourself, so what happened with the, you got to the final mm -hmm. and you said, and I, I heard you say it was split down the middle and what people thought maybe so what happened at the final where was the final so the final was at the two brewers in Clapham and no, great well. place great place um, stones throw away from my house <laughs> still never been there no reason um, really no banned <laughs> <laughs> are we allowed to say why banned by sight on principle no. <laughs> um, no. uh, yeah so it was at the two brewers so um, you know half the panel were like she's amazing, 
you must give her the crown, you must, this is the future of drag. You know, here is uh, someone really taking drag on board and really pushing boundaries, both performing-wise, both singing-wise, and both, you know, politics-wise as well. It's, it's obviously someone who is using the art form of drag to really make a stand. Mm. So the prize was that all the participating venues would give you a gig, right? right? Which is great, you know, let's be honest. But the other half were like, well, can Asifa's act transcend beyond London? London would get it. Mm. Would the rest of the UK get it? Which is really interesting because yeah. fast forward to say now, you know, I think we've become so ev evident now of our London bubble. You know, if we bring Brexit and politics and, mm. and whatnot into it, we do live a in a very diverse bubble in London. Um, but isn't that, I would think that within the LGBT community, because you'd be going to LGBT clubs now. Yeah, yeah. That it would be a safe place, I guess. Yes. Well, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. You know, also like, fine, it's contentious, you know, a drag act in a burqa, but it's also what I think is amazing is there are going to be there's going to be people out there who want to see that and mm. you represent like a lifeline to them mm. to be able to see what they feel within themselves being represented. Yeah. Not everything is done as, as a show, you know what I mean? But it, that's, that's why they should be saying you've got to go out there and do mm. it. Yeah. Yeah, it's why yeah. you should get the prize, not why you shouldn't. I don't yeah. understand that. Yeah. I did win the bronze medal that year, so I came third and... It just allowed me to really get my, my name out there and I just began sort of using social media. Mm. BBC Three got in touch to suggest a programme that they run called Free Speech. You know, they obviously saw that I was very vocal about debating and I, I raised a question about, you know, when will homosexuality be accepted in Islam? And for that episode, it became the most debated... What they do in free speech is they have like five questions which they debate every episode. And my question was the ho most hotly debated on social media for that episode. Now it came to the broadcast and that particular episode, I think the BBC obviously pulled some strings, which was great, um, <laughs> was hosted in the Birmingham Central Mosque. Right. An hour before the broadcast, literally, the mosque literally threw a spanner in the works and said, look, if we go ahead with this debate, there may be riots outside the mosque. Because it's, you know, the right. first time this something like this is being discussed on a worldwide stage, let alone in Britain. The papers just got a hold of it and were like, you know, for a programme called Free Speech, why was this question censored? And that really just brought me to, I think, me and, and the question and, and, and the sort of diversity around being LGBT really was thrown out there. What opposition did you come up against when you first were doing the Asifa Lahore Act? Have you experienced a lot of opposition? I have. I mean, you know, at the extreme end of it, I've experienced death threats. There are certain sections of London that I still feel a little bit wary and intimidated by every time I go. Really? You know, there's certain, uh, with the rise of the acid attacks in East London, mm -hmm. but at the back of my mind, because I faced death threats, because I faced very much a backlash from the conservative wing of my community, mm. there is this voice in me that sort of always makes me sort of look over my shoulder, or there's always this part of me that's a bit 
on edge. So yeah, the death threats. Uh, Are they anonymous? It, yeah, I mean it? anonymous. It's not. Is it letters? Letters, um, uh, online abuse, yes, mm. a lot of online abuse, I mean, tweets, um, stuff. I mean, you just need to go on my Instagram just to see the, the horrificness um, that, that, that is posted. And Shouldn't that be police? I think it should be. I personally leave it on. I'm not one of these people that feel in, that I, I want to delete those. No, I think that's great because exactly i leave it on because i want people to see the shit that's out there mm. and also i feel that if i just delete something mm. that i'm sort of getting rid of the problem mm. rather than because mm. I, I think that if something's out there it makes it so much more visible and it can be dealt with um have you ever had to bring in the police yes yes and how have they what, oh god the police have been so supportive i mean at the time that i was doing Muslim Drag Queens, the Channel 4 documentary, mm. there was potential of, of backlash really taking place. And the police really protected me. Was there a specific event that happened? Yes, I, I, again, I got um, quite a few death threats around that. Uh, Channel 4 had stuff, um, they had to like um, bump up security in their Horse Free Road uh, office. Why? Because they were getting threats. Yeah, yeah, Channel 4 got Saying things too. like... You know, we'll, we'll shut you down, we'll burn you down, there'll be riots, you know, all sorts of things, you know. And, and what do you say to people who say that, you know, it's sacrilegious to be doing what you're doing and stuff? You know, is there a reasonable discourse you can ever have with someone about it? Or When it comes to someone of faith, what I say is you're going to go into your grave or be cremated, as am I. Concentrate on your life, because... <laughs> My you God, know, why the hell are you concentrating on mine? Yeah. I'm going to use that. That's a t-shirt. Yeah. That is a mm -hmm. freaking t-shirt. Yeah, that is. In any sort of community, I think a lot of people worry about what other people think. Mm -hmm. You know, if we bring in sexuality, or if we bring in faith, we're always worrying about how we're looking or what the other person's thinking of us or not being able to express ourselves fully like mm. full-blown self-expression rather mm. than sort of, you know, mm. why do 70% when you can do 100%? Do you think that full-blown expression, I can really relate to that, is, doesn't happen because we're worrying about what other people will think? Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. So how have you um, got, how did drag take you to finding your true self, I guess, to wanting to transition and realising? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I, it, when I first tried on a dress and I tried on a hairpiece and makeup, something just clicked. I just loved the feeling of being a woman or people perceiving me as a woman. And yes, it was for performance. Yes, it was, you know, my stage acts, my makeup, my hair, everything's exaggerated left, right and centre. Mm. And, um, you know, I am a proper drag queen. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it definitely took, you know, between the ages of 27 and 33, it took me a long time to bulk up the courage to really admit to myself that every night that I took my makeup off or every night that I took my heels and my clothes and my hair pieces off, a huge part of me would die. Mm. You know, to, to medically transition, to start the process, it's a massive decision, a massive, it's not one that anybody should take lightly. 
I'm very much about, you know, being yourself. But at the same time, there are a lot of health risks. And, you know, playing about with your body hormonally can be detrimental. How are you feeling 11 months into it? Oh, 11 months into it, I have no regrets. No regrets whatsoever. My body is constantly changing. I've got very um, blossoming, perky boobs, mm-hmm. uh, which you know I'm having lots of fun with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's. Uh, I have to say, my transition so far has been relatively easy. My testosterone is literally next to nothing. I'm very lucky in the sense that, and I hate using this word, but I have passing privilege. You know, when I'm not in makeup or when I am in makeup, if I'm walking Mm. down the street, no one would bat an eyelid. Mm. Now, for me personally, my onstage persona is so... The Asifa Lahore you see on stage, both visually and content-wise, is so different to the Asifa Lahore that you see day in, day out. Yeah. And for me, it's very much an onstage persona. My drag act is very much me using hair and makeup and exaggerating my body frame in order to harness a power that I'm that I feel I that I feel that I don't have in a day-to-day capacity. In quite a unique position, mm. I feel actually. Because mm, yeah. mm. it's like just hearing you talk and hearing your story, it feels like you're kind of the best example of British drag. Yes, because yes. because of where we're at now. Because I'm yeah. so I'm personally so proud of our diversity of cultures in mm. in Britain. Mm. I don't see anywhere as diverse as here. No, not at all. And the more I get to learn as a citizen, the the more just as a layman, the more that I see, the more visibility of every different culture there is. Mm. I learn and I grow. I just feel more, I just kind of love being British more yeah. and more. Oh, so I feel like someone like yourself is like the best version of, of where drag is at. No? Well, no, no, I mean, thank you. I mean, it's, like, has, it's, it's a so huge special. thing for me to take, yeah. Um, Did you find it difficult? Because like hearing you talk it felt like it was, it was accepted that you might wear makeup and wear a dress or mm. when you were young. How have your family, how were your family, how are your family now? So when I came out, I came out when I was 22. We don't have words in Punjabi or Urdu or Hindi for gay. It's just I, the way I said it was, I said it in, in Urdu. But when it came to the word gay, I just used the word gay. Hmm. You know, because there's, there's nothing else. Hmm. So my mum and dad didn't quite understand. They thought there was something sort of medically wrong with me. I remember my dad asking me whether my equipment was okay. <laughs> Um, and you know, I was asked so many personal questions and I think, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I do feel like, you know, there's certain things I can't discuss with my parents. Um, so I was taken to the doctor, um, I got counselling, I got to meet other, uh, LGBT Muslims. I know it's going to sound like the biggest cliche, but I thought I was the only one up until that point. I thought I was the only gay Muslim in the whole world. The cliches are cliches because they're true. Yeah. Yeah. And how did it feel then to, to meet other gay Muslims? Oh, it was... Um, and to have a chance to talk. Just, just everything. It was like a relief, a massive relief. Like, I felt the isolation just wasn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. It just felt, oh my God, there's, there's other people just like me. 
Can I ask you about your club night? Yes. Okay. So, um, God, I run an LGBT Bollywood club night Amazing. called Disco Rani. Rani means queen, so Disco Queen. So it's on every third Friday at the Boston Music Room in Tufnell Park, which is just after Camden. We're coming. Mm. Can we come? Of course you can. can it's very, um, how can I say? It's very Kylie meets Bollywood. Are you feeling a big... Like you're filling a big gap for the community there because there's Club Carly as well, isn't yes, there? Like LGBT, which is great, yeah. LGBT Gay, Asian, Asian night, Bollywood music, pop music, yeah. But there's yeah. not a lot, right? No, I mean, it's interesting. In the last four or five years, with so much more awareness, with so much more media exposure, I think diversity around the LGBT community has just skyrocketed. And the Asian and Muslim LGBT segment feel much more confident in coming out to the clubs. Mm. They feel much more confident. I mean, if you go down GAY bar now, you'll see like the the diversity you'll see is just phenomenal. Every week you can go to a gay Bollywood nightclub up and down the country. There's stuff in Manchester, Birmingham, London. And if I'm not mistaken, there's a new, um, in March, there's a new one opening in Glasgow. What do you think will be next for you? What's next for me? So I would love to do Eurovision. That's an amazing idea. Mm, because I just think, I think Britain's first out Muslim drag queen representing Britain at Eurovision right now with everything that's going on in the world. It's crazy. It would just set the tone. I, I you know, with Brexit, with terrorism, with everything that's out there, that's what I'd love to do. Um, if you do that, please, mm. can I make the documentary about it? Of course you can. Fucking, <laughs> that's what kind such of, a great idea. What kind of song would you do? Okay, I'd either go with your power ballad. Mm-hmm. You know, something not about world peace, but definitely something about striving from within yourself. Or I'd go for an up-tempo house number oh. with Bollywood themes in it mm-hmm. there's a costume in that yeah it's that visual yeah that's what changes I'm, as well exactly sure, but i've gone to something else yeah i've gone into something else yeah, yeah. Oh, there's will young as a backing dancer <laughs> <laughs> hang on what he's taking the mic what <laughs> oh, he's, he's, he's stealing it um, so that's sort of i'd play on my strengths i definitely play play on my strengths how how do you orchestrate that it's well who do i speak to at the bbc yeah, it's that kind of get... thing. Paging BBC. Uh-uh. Um, I think. Oh, well, you still use your pager? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was the sea for Lahore. I am so excited about her doing Eurovision, aren't you? I think she'd kill it. Do you? I like that one that won a few years ago. Fly like an eagle. Oh, no, no. Spread your wings, something. Soaring, yeah, soaring like an eagle. Something yes. about eagles. Where eagles dare. Angela eagles. Rise what? like a phoenix. Rise like a phoenix, close to an eagle. Would you do a ballad or a dance hit if you were entering Eurovision? Well, because I don't have a pop career, I would struggle to not try and shove my entire desired pop career into one song. So I think I'd just go crazy and I'd have all the backing dancers, lasers, big dance beat the whole shebang you know what I mean because I'd be a pop star for one night so it's just like you go for it I'm seeing you as sort of Gina G on crack <gasps> I saw Gina G on my birthday when I was about 13 I would sing Puppet on a String and I would do it exactly how it was done originally I want to say by Sandy Shaw or something like that um, not Pinocchio 
Oh, I could do it as Pinocchio. That'd yes. be brilliant. My nose could slowly get longer and longer and longer. That's a great idea and so achievable. Maybe we should enter it together. And I could be like the Posh Spice who doesn't really sing. And I could be um, Sporty Spice and I'll try and do a backflip and finally try and get it right. And we need two other members. So if you can send a picture of a drawing of a falcon to hello at <laughs> you can be in our Eurovision entry band, no? <laughs> Why have you got fixated with the drawing of a falcon kestrel? Because <laughs> it, it just always reminds me that you drew a picture of a falcon. Do you remember? It was an eagle, though. It was an eagle. Oh, when I was in um, treatment. What, in your house in Oxford? No, no, I, remember I, I did it in treatment. Thanks a lot, Chris, for actually making light of something that was ext- extremely important in my developmental <laughs> stage. I can only apologise. And it was That's a beautiful fine. picture. It was, wasn't it? I copied it from the front cover of Country Life. Yeah? I've lost you. Sorry, I was just pretending that the screen had frozen. <laughs> Have you ever done that? He's, you're like a mime artist. <laughs> this is what my acting's like. Um, what have you got on this week before we finish and sing our merry song to the listeners? I'm doing, well, I'm doing Easter at my house. It's going to be a roast chicken. Yeah. Have you heard this hoopla about the avocado egg? No, what? So there's Waitrose doing avocado egg that is the prize Easter egg. My mother physically pushed someone out of the way in Waitrose to get the last one. But what do you mean an avocado egg? It's an egg... An egg, it's a chocolate egg, but it looks like an avocado. Oh, I want one of those. I well, really want one of those. she's got one, and it's going to the highest bidder. <laughs> Is it a rarity? <laughs> Apparently, they run out everywhere. So when she saw one, we went to this memorial service in Notting Hill. I didn't stop her. I know. She's like all sad, sad, sad. Suddenly, eyes lit up, dashing like Limford Christie down our floor. <laughs> with an army roll, clutching it to her body. <laughs> clutching tight. Roll, roll. <laughs> <laughs> and then was in and out the self-checkout within four minutes. Bloody hell. My dad always says thank you to the self-checkout. It's really sweet. If you have any views, please contact us at hello at homosapienspodcast.com or tweet us at Will Young with the hashtag homosapiens. And we'll go through your emails and tweets on Homo Sapiens Extra, which goes out every Tuesday. And if you go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review on the Extra Show, I will be sending you out a T-shirt. Chris, I sent all the T-shirts out this week. I think because we're in Barcelona, we know what our our final tune is, don't we? What is it? I'll be the opera singer. You be Freddie Mercury. I don't know this song. Barcelona, Homo sapiens. I'm the opera singer. Homo Homo sapiens. Oh, I don't know this song. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Okay, let's just do Papa on the string. Oh, we'll do Gina G. Homo, Homo sapiens. Homo sapiens more. Homo, Homo sapiens. Homo, Homo sapiens. Nil <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Powered by Spirit Studios.